The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swallowing cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made, known, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of Jesus. We remember his birth and death for us and celebrate salvation in his name. Fill our hearts and minds with with the fullness of Christ today. Please be with Randall as he shares God's word with us today. Uh, In Jesus' name pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Jed. All right, good evening, everyone. It's uh, great to see you, Merry Christmas. If this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, I know that different family and and people are here in town, and so we're glad to have you uh, this evening. Um, If you're just joining us, we are finishing up Advent. And so Advent is a Latin word that simply means uh, coming or appearing. And we see that uh, the appearing of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, is important for us as believers because uh, we are saying that God became man. And the birth of Jesus changes our lives. Um, So we are here on Christmas Eve uh, looking at this passage of Scripture, which is uh, being read by families all over the world. Um, This is a message that is for the world. And so I'm excited tonight to be able to be looking at this and studying this together. Uh, Now, our message tonight is responding to Jesus' birth. Responding to Jesus' birth. Uh, Jed just read for us uh, Luke 2, 1 through 20. 
And my encouragement to you is that uh, tomorrow morning, uh, maybe before opening presents or anything like that, uh, you take some time uh, to read this Christmas story together with your family. But what is the message of Christmas all about? What is it all about? Well, what we see in this passage is that it's a call to respond. It's a call to respond. In his classic fantasy novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis writes about this character named Aslan. Aslan is a lion. Aslan uh, rules and reigns over this place called Narnia. And as you start to look at Aslan, what we see is that C.S. Lewis based Jesus and, and who Jesus was on this character, Aslan. And there's these four siblings, uh, Edmund, Peter, Susan, and Lucy. And they all start to hear about Aslan in this world car called Narnia. And as they hear the name Aslan, they respond each differently when they hear the name. Lewis writes this. He says, none of the children knew who Aslan was any more than you do. But the moment the beaver had spoken these words, everyone felt quite different. At the name of Aslan, each one of the children felt something jump in its inside. Edmund felt a sensation of mysterious horror. Peter felt suddenly brave and adventurous. Susan felt as if some delicious smell or some delightful strain of music had just floated by her. And Lucy got the feeling you have when you wake up in the morning and realize that it is the beginning of the holidays or the beginning of summer. What is Christmas about? Well, it's about responding to something that has happened. And so what is your response to Jesus' birth? Our text this evening is from Luke 2, and, and here's what's happening. Uh, we first get the historical setting of Jesus' birth. We find that in verses 1 through 5. In verses 6 through 7, we get the, the birth itself. And after that, the responses to Jesus' birth we find in verses 8 through 20. Our focus tonight will be on Luke 2, 8 through 20, the response. And so how can we respond to Jesus' birth? Well, it starts with Number one, listening. Number two, receiving. And number three, experiencing. Listening, receiving, experiencing. You see, the hope tonight is that this story doesn't fall on deaf ears and hearts that are resistant, but good soil. That we respond to this because that's what it's meant to do. And so the first one, listening. Look at verses 8 through 10. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Well, what's happening here? The details help us understand the nature of God's call. 
You see, God is calling out, and so it gives us the nature of that call and what it means. And so are we listening? The first one is, who is God calling to? We see in verses 8 through 9 that first, God went out to the outcasts. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, to them. Just to give some context here, one commentator, Robert Stein, says, shepherds were dishonest and unclean according to the standards of the law. They represent the outcasts and sinners for whom Jesus came. Such outcasts were the first recipients of the good news. For some of us tonight, we might think that we are excluded from the message of Christianity. That somehow we've disqualified ourselves from hearing the message of Christmas. But this is a call once again to those who feel like we're on the outside or maybe our life, we've just done too much. It's a call to the ones who feel like outcasts. And so God goes to the least of these. But second, it's this. He made it obvious. How did God do this? He made this obvious. We see that an angel comes. There's the glory of the Lord all around shining. See, what God knows about us, fallen, many times distracted people, is that we can hear without really hearing. Do you get what I'm saying? We can hear without really hearing. We need something to wake us up. Been a dad for 12 years, almost 13 years. My son's about to turn 13 at the end of this year, December 31st. Have three kids and uh, I... Many times it's a great joy to be a parent, but there are times where it's very difficult to be a parent, and one of those is when I'm calling out and I'm asking my kids to do something, right? I'm calling out their names. Kai, L, Ava, come on down. Like, I need your help with this. And I question sometimes whether they heard me or not. So I yell louder. I yell again. Do they really hear me? Now, one thing that's really helped, it's been a, a huge gift to me, is um, my friend A told me about this, uh, this, this little app on your phone where you can turn off the Wi-Fi. It's amazing. Because if I really want to know if my kids are listening, all I have to do is pull out that little app and push a couple buttons and turn off the Wi-Fi, and then all of a sudden, my, my wife calls it the hug button. Because then they come out and they start hugging us and saying, hey, mom and dad, how are you doing? It gets their attention very quickly. See, what I found out is they actually did hear me, but they didn't hear me. They didn't listen, right? What, what is it that's going to get our attention so that we start listening? God is saying, I'm sending angels to the least of these 
Are you listening? Lastly, what happens? Well, he came to deliver good news. Do you see it? Good news. There's this word, good news, in there. The word for good news is evangelion. It's to, it's to speak something that has happened within history. This isn't something for you to do, but this is something that God has done. Something has been spoken into history. It's happened. Good news. This same word for good news is used 10 times by Luke. And what we find is that that good news is meant to be personal. It's not an abstract idea of something that God has done out in the universe somewhere. But it was meant to be personal for you and me. D.A. Carson said, we are not saved by theological ideas about Christ. We are saved by Christ himself. See, this isn't just ideas about who God is, but he's saying, I've done something. I'm coming to you, and this is good news of great joy for you. But are we listening? The next one is this, receiving. Look at verses 12 through 14. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now there's this word in verse 12, sign. Sign. What's God's sign to mankind that he loves us? What's God's attempt at reaching out to make things right with us? The child. Himself. There's going to be a sign. This is the sign. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Why peace? Well, the Bible tells us that we all have been at war with God. We've all been at war with God. We've rebelled against God. We've chosen our own way. We said, God, I don't want you meddling in my life. And it's not just some of us, but it's all of us. There's a line in Jesus Christ Superstar where it's called Herod's Song. And in Herod's Song, he says this, get out of here, get out of here, get out of my life, talking to Jesus. See, there's something in us that is just run from God. And Jesus is the great peace offering from God. See, God came to make peace with us. It wasn't that we sought God out to make peace with him. Romans 5.8 says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Tonight, do you want peace with God? Encouragement is to look to the Son, look to the manger, look to what Christ has done. See, here's what that gift is. It's born out of 
this word grace. Grace is something that we didn't deserve or earn, but it's freely given by God. And anyone who receives the gift of Jesus can only do it through grace. It's receiving. It's saying, I want this in my life. Verse 14 says, with whom he is pleased. See, how do you please God? How do I please God? By, re by receiving his free gift, his son. And say, I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I want this in my life. Lastly, it's experiencing. Verse 15. So the shepherds say this. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The message of Jesus is about this. Evidence, because we talked about this is historical, and experience, knowing that there is a, a living God becoming faith. Becoming faith. I believe. See, God is inviting these shepherds to experience him. Verse 15, the, the phrase, this thing, literally means this word. Let's experience this word that has happened. See, it's about this word coming to life. It's about this word coming off the page. It's about the living God breaking through the darkness. In the book of John, Jesus is called the Word. And here's what John says. So John experienced him. This is one of Jesus' best friends. He says this in John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the, son, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, Christmas is experiencing the goodness of God through Jesus. During this time of year, many of us can struggle. There are different reasons for that. There's a lot of memories and history and all of those things that start to come up during this time of the year. But do you hear the call from, from God to say, do you hear me? Will you come experience me? See, and tonight for some of us, it might just be being alone in the quietness and just reading this story and seeing that it happened and it was for us. Charles Spurgeon once said, feast, Christians, feast. You have a right to feast, but in your feasting, Think of the man in Bethlehem. Let him have a place in your hearts. Give him the glory. Think of the virgin who conceived him. But think most of all of the man born, the, the, the child given. I love this. He says, I finish again by saying a happy Christmas to you all. And so friends, I say a happy Christmas to you all. As you think of the, the man who came, walked this earth, died for our sins. 
Are you experiencing the reality of Jesus? Just some takeaways. How can we respond to his birth? The first one is this. See that Christmas is God's message to you. See that it's God's message to you. And he's crying out, do you hear me? The second takeaway is this. Ask God to awaken your heart to his goodness. To his goodness. I think about that word goodness and, you know, we need, we need goodness. We need God. And so, if your heart feels a little bit like the Grinch, you know, you think about the Grinch, <laughs> just this tiny little thing. Could God expand our heart just that much bigger? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we look at Jesus, his birth, him coming, his life, we see that it's true that you did love us. But it's not just an idea. It's that you loved us at great cost to yourself. God loved us at great cost to himself. And so, Lord, help us in our hearts to see that message. And we pray that you grow our hearts more and more to have faith, to trust, to see. Lord, even in our loneliness, even in our dark moments, Lord, that you can bring the light and you can break through. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.